Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Well, walking with Jesus through the Gospel of John is, uh, as you know, no by now, unless you're new here today, is our theme for the year. And if you're new here, that's our theme for the year. Uh, we'll be walking through the Gospel of John, chapter by chapter, uh, in a sense really trying to discover who the real Jesus is, what he really said, what he did, and how we should respond. And to try to make it a personal and uh, an interactive aspect where we really feel like we're looking through the eyes of John the Apostle uh, as he writes about 50 to 60 years uh, after the resurrection of Jesus. He's had time to process and think about this. And he writes this book to really set the doctrine and the teaching about what the apostles taught, what Jesus taught, what the early church believed, and thus should be the standard. In a sense, he was writing for the next generation. All of us, especially those of us adults, we have a responsibility to pass along a love and a desire for the, for the faith and to present truth so that the next generation can make a decision based on truth, not just something that's just passed down because of you know, mom or dad or grandma all said it this way, but we lived it, we set the truth, and then they can take that truth and adapt it. So that's what our hope and our plan is. Well, today we're up to John 1, verse 35 through 51. We'll actually close out chapter 1. So it's took us, taken us about five, six weeks to get there. But if you want to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 1, it's also in your insert and then the app. If you have the app, you'll have the color-coded version, so you'll be fancy. So if you want to pull up the app, you'll be able to follow along with some of it and with some color coordination, which I'll show you on the screen here. But the title of the message is, What Are You Looking For? And, of course, that's Jesus asking the question. And just as sort of a little teaser, his response is, Come and see and follow me. And that's the, the idea. So let's follow Jesus on this tour. Let's cut the lights and watch a, a couple of minute little video clip of this passage being acted out in this movie. The next day, John was standing there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus walking by. There's the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and went with Jesus.
Jesus looked at him. Your name is Simon, son of John. But you will be called Cephas. This is the same as Peter and means a rock. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, Here is a real Israelite. There is nothing false in him. How do you know me? I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip called you.
you looking for was the words Jesus asked, and he asked that to his disciples, and he's asking to us today. And so my question is, what are you looking for? The world is looking for a lot of things. Now, this verse came from, this came from this verse right here, 138. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he said, what are you looking for? So we're going to look at some key phrases there and understanding that all of us are looking for something. You know, we're looking for uh, a mate or a job or an opportunity or happiness or something. We're all looking for something. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with looking for things, but we just need to make sure that we are looking for the right thing in the right place and, uh, and making sure that we have the right priority of those things. The world is looking for something to satisfy them, whether it's in, in relationships, sexual things, alcohol or drugs, jobs, power, prestige. We're all looking for something, and unfortunately, like this, the lyrics from this song, most of you, those of you who've been around for a while, you'll recognize this, the lyrics of this song, it fits so well to that one. I hope he's found it by now. Hope you found it by now. Well, supposedly, uh, questions like this or uh, questions like I and you too may ask. Now, did you get that pun? You too? That's Bono singing that one. But uh, the, the world is searching for what they're looking for, and they just haven't found it. But you and I, those of us Christians, we found it. And we're supposed to go share that good news. Just like you saw the excitement of of Andrew and of Philip when they went and found the, their brothers or their friend, that excitement. We need to have a, a reigniting of our passion to follow Jesus and to call others to do that. Now, on the screen here, it may be a little hard to see, and it's really more color-coded. If you have the app, you'll be able to see it right on the spot here. But I've color-coded it, color-coded it to kind of give an idea here. Uh, the main question here is, what are you looking for? Now, this is the question that Jesus asked of them. And he said, come and see, follow me, and they went and saw. And that's the key, they went and saw. And then they found, they found the Messiah. They found what they were looking for. Now, the they is in the light blue. That's Andrew, one of the disciples of John the Baptist, and the other disciple, which we think of is John the Apostle of Jesus, the writer of this book. So it's Andrew and John, Philip and Nathaniel, uh, and Simon Peter. They all found what they were looking for. And of course, John reveals that to us as the Lamb of God in dark blue, the Son of God, the King of Israel, and the Son of Man. So kind of get those ideas in your head that uh, the, the key aspect here is, is is that Jesus calls us to, when we ask the question, or when the question is asked to us by Jesus, what are you looking for? Well, your response should be to come and see, went and saw as they did, and to find the Messiah and find the truth, and then to go share that with others. 
Well, with that in mind, let's uh, go to some things about what the disciples may have been searching for and looking for and what you and your friends and people around you may be looking for. What are you seeking? Are you seeking for assurance? Maybe Andrew and John, we'll take Andrew and John as the two probably that were the first two disciples that if you remember the story starts out with John the Baptist by the the River Jordan baptizing and Andrew and John are his disciples and they're following and walking with him. It says that Jesus came by and John said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, immediately, Andrew and John left their previous rabbi and began to follow Jesus. And if we think of those people, as well as the other ones, so what is the motives for that? What is the motives for what they were looking for and maybe what you're looking for and maybe people around the world that are looking for that we need to make sure that we can rule out some things so that we are focusing on the right thing. Assurance. And assurance in a sense is maybe Andrew and John were trying to get some assurance that what they were doing in following John and now following Jesus was the right thing. They were looking, well, what I'm doing, you know, it's really religious activity. What are you doing to try to Prove to God that you are proved to others. Or do you, you, is it coming to church? Is it coming to Sunday school? Paying a tithe? You know, helping out around the church? Those are all great things. But those are not things that prove that you truly follow Jesus. Those are things that just reveal a heart that's already following Jesus. Those are things that just naturally flow from that. If you're looking... For the assurance that you're of worth, that, you're, that your religious and your spiritual worth is, is worth something. If you're looking for that anything outside of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking for it in church attendance, uh, Sunday school attendance, giving and all those things, it's not going to give you that assurance. It's only when you look to Jesus. How about position? Maybe Andrew and John were trying to move up. You know, John the Baptist was standing down here, but Jesus, and he's up here. This is a step up from the minor leagues to the major leagues. Maybe that was their motive. Well, if we think about the first guy, Andrew, it kind of rules that out pretty much. Andrew, he's mentioned three times in the Gospel of John, and every time he is bringing someone to Jesus. So he's not in a position, looking for a position. Now, John who is the author of this book, he may have had a little different motive. You remember the story a little bit later on uh, in the Gospels where John and his brother James, remember they were the sons of Zebedee, the fishermen. They were two of the key disciples of Jesus Christ. Where they had a very uh, encouraging mother named Salome. And one day, Salome came up to Jesus Now, maybe because it was family, because if you remember, Jesus' mother Mary and Salome were either sisters or first cousins. So, you know, it was kind of like, hey, let's keep it in the family here, Jesus. My two boys, John and and James, why don't you let them sit on the left and the right in your kingdom when you come into power? 
Now, whether James and John knew what was going on or Mama just kind of decided she was going to kind of push them along a little bit, uh, we realized that, you know, John was looking, they were looking for a position. But at this point in time, I don't think that's the case. I think they were honestly saying, you know, I just want to follow you. What are you looking for in position? Is it maybe your job, how important your job is? How important your role is in society or relationships? Looking for a position in life, anything outside of humbling yourself before Jesus Christ will bring you disappointment. You need to look for assurance and sense of position in Jesus Christ and what he's in when you find in him. What about excitement? A lot of people are looking for excitement. There's nothing wrong with excitement. We all like a little excitement in our life. But too many people are looking for excitement in the wrong places. Like another song, looking for love in all the wrong places. You know, we're looking for things where we shouldn't be. Now, we're looking for something exciting. People in the world today are looking to drugs, alcohol, video games, hobbies, uh, jobs, families, desires, all these things for a little excitement. It's almost like some of them are excitement junkies or adrenaline junkies that they kind of call them these days. Looking for something exciting. Maybe Andrew and John were looking for excitement. I don't know about that because John the Baptist, he's a pretty exciting fella. I mean, uh, he was out there screaming in the wilderness and crowds and crowds of people were coming. So, you know, that was pretty exciting. But if you think about the potential of what Jesus could do down the road, giving sight to the blind, bringing back the deaf to hear, and the dead to life, now that's about as exciting as it gets. So, yeah, maybe they were looking for excitement there. But I don't think so. And I hope that you're not looking for excitement in the world. You're not trying to get it out of a bottle or out of a pill or out of a relationship with somebody or out of a position. If you're looking for assurance, position, or excitement anywhere other than Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. How about escape? Think about Andrew and John. And they are living in the desert. Have you ever been in the desert? It's not a nice place to be. In a sense, it was almost they were maybe in, in a prison of this desert, just out there. They were just nowhere to go, no malls nearby, no Starbucks nearby or McDonald's, nothing nearby. They were just needing an escape. Maybe they say, let's, we got to get out of this town. Some of you, some of you like me, grew up in, well, small town, it wasn't even a town. It was, you know, it was just nowhere. And man, you want to get out of town and go to where the bright lights are. Uh, you want to escape. I don't think Andrew and John was trying to escape anything. They just had a genuine desire to find the Messiah and follow him. And I hope that's your Motive two, if you're trying to escape, now a lot of us here, you know, our lives may be challenging some points. There may be some areas that you would really like to escape from that job or that relationship uh, or from that family situation or escape from a, a temptation or an addiction or something. Well, be careful 
about what and who you escape to. Maybe we'd all like to escape to the Bahamas or the French Riviera. That'd be nice if you want to have a pastor appreciation gift on that. You can go ahead and do that. And uh, don't forget Adam. They'd probably like to go maybe to Holly Beach or something. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, escape. Don't escape into a bottle to appeal. Don't escape into a relationship. Don't escape. Run from one thing to another. If you're looking for assurance, position, excitement, or escape from a problem in any place or anyone other than Jesus, you're looking in the wrong place, and you're going to be disappointed. Well, what about affirmation? Now, assurance was what you were doing, but affirmation is who you are. Maybe Andrew and John really wanted to be affirmed as being somebody important because I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, by the way, you know, he's the creator of the world. And, you know, he's the son of God, and, and uh, that's, that's about as high as you can get. You know, maybe they said, well, I just want to be a part of that and so I can feel important. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. But the world, think of people that you know in the world that may be uh, either outside of church or, or just, just outside of Christ totally and, and, and lost. Where does most people try to look for affirmation? Maybe in the eyes of a lover, or in the eyes of a parent, or co-workers, or friends. People do some crazy things to try to, to get people to say, please, somebody love me. You know, it just, it's all, it's, a lot of people are desperate. Your affirmation does not, listen to me, it does not come from how much money you got in the bank. It does not. The world says that, but look at the world, what a mess they in. Why would you want to follow that? Jesus, the Bible is very clear. It's not in money. It's not in a job, how important a job you have. Whether you're a CEO of a major company or you work on an assembly line, that there's no difference in the value of, of work and position. Your affirmation is not from a, another person or a position or job. It's not in how many friends you have on Facebook. You know, because most of those people aren't, aren't really friends. Your affirmation comes from a God who says, I created you in my image. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And Jesus who says, I love you and I forgive you. Come and receive eternal life. You are a value just as you are. It doesn't matter what somebody else says. Whether you have a, a nice job or, or have the right clothes or house or position. To the world that may mean something. But to God it means nothing. You are loved. You are valuable. You're important. Your affirmation comes from simply trusting in Jesus. Now that's about as easy and simple as it can get. You don't have to earn it, work for it. You just trust. Now, there is some work involved in it that we, we all can talk about. But your affirmation comes through. So if you're looking for assurance, position, position excitement, escape, or affirmation in anything or anyone else other than Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. Amen? 
Well, what about experience, the last thing? How many people are looking for this mystical or spiritual experience? Something that's outside the norm that, they, that they're looking for. Remember back in the, in the days, some of you uh, hippies, and I never was in that movement. I was always a good boy. But uh, you hippies who were tripping out on LSD, trying to look for some experience. Or today, there's all kind of assortment of things that you can do to sort of trip out on. Uh, but some people, like I mentioned earlier, are adrenaline junkies. They are just doing anything to get an experience. Many religious, many people who are calling themselves spiritual today. I'm spiritual, not religious. And, of course, that spirit could mean that you are a Wiccan, or you could be a... a uh, somebody who worships the spirits or Mother Earth uh, or any kind of thing is, could be considered spiritual in the world's view. People are looking for so many things. In the years past, many people have tried to see visions of somebody, maybe somebody from the Bible or something, that hoping that, oh, I've got to go there because that, that vision was there and that's something special. If you're looking for a spiritual experience or something to give your life of value that outside of Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. Maybe for a while it's exciting, but it's not going to last. What are you looking for? And don't just give the spiritual pat answer. I'm looking for Jesus, and it's all, that's, that's, that's it. Because down deep, we, we probably are. But you see, too many of us are looking for other things. So think of your individual position. Don't worry about somebody else right now, but think of you. What are you looking and looking for in assurance, excitement, affirmation, experience? These areas. Are you looking to Jesus to satisfy all of these? Or you need something more? If you need something or someone more than Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. We must look to Jesus. We must hear him say, come and see. We must be explained about us to, that we went and saw, that we found, and that we follow. That's important. All right, let's close with just a few lessons to, that we kind of pull together from this practical highlights and ideas. Number one, Christians are chosen by Jesus to follow him. You remember one of the key words in there was found and follow. When we are looking for something, if we want to find what we're looking for, then we need to go to the right place. We need to come to Jesus. We have been found by Jesus. We've been chosen now it's time for us to follow. Following Jesus is the true mark of a disciple. As I mentioned earlier, it's, it's not about how many times you come to church, which, by the way, that's good. Not about how many, how many Sunday school classes you meet, which is good. Not about how much money you give. That's really good. Not how many times you serve or pick up the offering or do things. That doesn't 
signify and give assurance that you are a follower of Jesus. Because all those things people do in the secular world in, in one way or another. They give to some charity. You know, they, they care for one another. They go to some uh, football game and worship at the stadium or at the bar and, and, and worship there or at a club. You know, they're all the places to gather to worship whatever they want to worship. But if you're looking for truth, following Jesus is where it's at. And that's why our theme for this year is walking with Jesus. We've got to make a commitment to not just talk about it, not just think about it, but do it. Follow him. Follow him in your finances. And we've got a course that will be starting tonight that you can do some study in that. Follow him in taking care of your health and fitness, like the class we've got tonight, the Fellowship Hall. You know, these two classes both will help you in that area. Because every area of our life, our finances, our fitness, our relationships, our jobs, our hobbies, all these things should be filtered through the idea is, does that help me follow Jesus more? If not, we need to put it aside. How about a second lesson? Christians are to be transformed. Now, I'll read this Romans passage in a little bit, so don't read it. Don't even, read it. Don't even think about it. Okay. But let's look at the first of that, that passage in John we did. You know, where John the, the Baptist was with his two disciples, Andrew and John the writer. And John the Baptist said, as Jesus walked by, that's the Lamb of God. And you saw in the video the way he looked at him, it was, it was almost an undercurrent like, you know, we've talked about this before, and I meant, you know, the next time you see Jesus, time to follow him. Now, he didn't say anything. Andrew and John both just put down their materials and went and followed Jesus. Later on, we find Jesus coming and finding Simon Peter. And uh, Jesus and this, you have to kind of read between the lines here. But when you change somebody's name, that's a big deal in the Old Testament, in the Bible. It means that there's some type of a change, something, this transformation. Simon Peter was no longer just a fisherman, a cousin. He was a cousin of Jesus and John the Baptist. He was more than just family and more than just a fisherman. He was transformed into Kepha, which is the Aramaic version of Cephas, the rock. Jesus later on says, Kepha, on you, on this rock, on the faith statement that you've made, on the belief that you have professed, I'm going to build my church on that type of faith and on people and men like you. Simon Peter was transformed from a fisherman into a faithful follower of Christ. Now, he had his ups and downs. Remember uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and at the, uh, when the soldiers came, he ran. Then he denied Jesus. What made the difference from that part of uh, Simon Peter till the next week later when Jesus appeared to them? Simon Peter then came to life. 
he preached on in Acts 2 the powerful message of Pentecost. You see, Simon Peter was transformed from a lowly fisherman into a powerful preacher, a follower of Christ. And that was because he looked to Jesus. He saw the resurrected Jesus. He believed, and he was filled with that power and that passion. We need to be transformed in our life. Every aspect of our life needs to be transformed and put under the will of God. Romans 12, 2, now you can read it, even though half of you cheated and read already. <laughs> Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God wants to transform you into a follower of Jesus and to give you the power that he alone can give you. And let's close with this last one. Christians are to be calling others to Jesus. Now, in 35, 36, and 37, John the Baptist, even though he doesn't say it, if you read between the lines, when he said, Andrew and John, he said, there's the Lamb of God. Basically, he was calling them out and saying, go, follow. Andrew went and called Peter to come and find him. Philip went and called on Nathaniel. You see, it set a pattern from the very beginning. And I left out here how Jesus went and called Philip and said, follow me. It's a standard practice, standard operating procedure for people who follow Jesus to go and call others and bring them to Jesus. Call it evangelism, call it witnessing, call it whatever you want. It was from the beginning. It is the, in the, the very DNA of who we are as followers of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, then you need to be constantly looking to call others and bring them to Jesus. And you listen to them and say, come and see Jesus. And listen as he says, follow me. Tell people, I found, as five different times in this passage, the word found is used. If you found life in Jesus, don't be selfish. Don't hold on to it. Go and share that with somebody else. Call them and encourage them to come and see Jesus. And to experience hope and life and joy and purpose. To fulfill all those areas that you're looking for in your life. And which there are genuine needs in your life. Let Jesus fill those. Seek him first. Beautiful verse of scripture there. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. We need to seek. Let me close with this question again. Ask you again. What are you looking for? What are you seeking? John tells us that we should be looking for the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the King of Israel, the Son of Man. All four of those were in that passage. That was what we revealed, and that's what we need to see. And we find all of these in Jesus. Jesus is calling to you right now. He's saying, come and see and follow me. Many of you are Christians already. But are you really following him? 
or are you just kind of stumbling along and kind of keeping in the same general direction? We've got to keep pace and step and follow Jesus in every aspect of our life. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Simon Peter fell and came back. We're going to make mistakes. But it's time for you and I, those of us that are people who say we are followers of Jesus, to actually do it and to call others to come join us in this glorious experience of walking with Jesus. This is Pastor Moak again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.